Good morning. Oh, get out of town. <laughs> good morning, Erica. I got in first. It is a good morning, isn't it? It is. Do you know, this morning, I got to see the sun rising as I came in to do rising, which kind of was playing in my head. You know, there's beautiful mornings when you get up early enough to see the sunrise and in the rising process, it paints the sky yes. a completely new palette every three minutes mm. or every 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, man, it was one of those mornings. It was one of those Incredible. But what I really appreciated was the first time I saw the sky, it had, you know, the rising logo with those colours. It was dead set that palette. And then I turned the corner and it was just a wash with orange. Mm. And then I turned the corner and then it was orange and yellows and... It was a beautiful morning. Oh, my goodness. It is a beautiful morning. Profound. Yeah. Profound. Yeah. Do you know, I am a bit of a scaredy cat when it comes to the cold. So I grew up in a place where Brisbane winters are brutal. <laughs> so Port Elizabeth in South Africa has very, very, very mild summers and winters. So when we moved to Brisbane, Brisbane winters were the most cold thing <laughs> I had ever imagined. And then we moved to Tasmania and I was actually scared of what the cold would be like. So I said to Yvonne, every morning for the first year, we will have a cup of tea outside. Rain, hail or shine, <laughs> we will drink a cup of tea outside and after one year we'll know what cold looks like and then we won't be so scared of it. Well, I won't be so scared of it anymore. And we started doing that at the end of the year. It was so much fun, we kept on doing it. And today we're talking about the little things and that's one of my little things is to be able to go outside and start the day going it, it's fresh but it's not <laughs> as cold as it could be and now we get to see the wallabies bouncing away and see the, the wind blowing in the forest and that's a beautiful little thing that I get to start my day with. How about you? How was the start of your day? The start of my day was lovely. I dropped the kids off at the pool bright and early. Which How many of your kids swim at the stupid o'clock? <laughs> this morning two. Oh, man. Mm. And instead of going straight to the gym uh, or even going for a run, my little one was up. So uh, I asked her if she wanted to go for a walk with me. And so we watched the sunrise just as we walked up the hill at Mount Stewart. And it was awesome. What time were you two going for a walk? Six. Ah. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> Good on you. We were talking about the little things you sent me. Uh, how long was that article? It was pretty long. Yeah, I just like to say I, <laughs> I watched it on YouTube <laughs> and you dissed the whole concept. Um, but, but one of the things that really came to mind was this, this phrase, which I knew I'd heard before and I'd, I searched for it and it turned out to be an Emily Dickinson quote, which is, if you take care of the small things, the big things take care of themselves. Here's a little fun fact for you. Shoot. Emily Dickinson is from Amherst, Massachusetts. And that's, okay. that's where I went to college. That's okay. my hometown. So her house was right next to the campus, and it's now owned by Amherst College. Did something of Emily Dickinson rub off on you? Can you share a, that I just a, shared. a Dickinsonian I just shared. something? <laughs> that's what I just shared. Okay. <laughs> I, I missed it. Hang on. I'm backtracking. Ah, that's wonderful. <laughs> right. <laughs> Better. Thanks. She's so right, though, isn't it? It's the little things because often we look for really big things and we look for mountaintop experiences and we strive for those because that's what we see everyone else having on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and whatever. But in reality, it's the little things that accumulate. And when we do the little things authentically and when we do the little things well, that 
is really what sets us up for mm. for beauty and success and connection and all the things that we aim for. And I think in our interactions with others, those little things are felt and noted. You know, they they make such a big difference in our day and in our interactions with the world around us. I was at a conference and there was a lady talking about dementia. Very powerful. She was a lady who was suffering from early onset dementia and um, she used to be the science advisor to the PM, so a very high-functioning lady and had, had significant cognitive decline. And she said, at the end of the day, I struggle to remember what I've done and, and what has happened, but what I do know is how I feel. And what I feel is a cumulative total of all the interactions I've had through the day. Huh. So even if we don't even remember the little things, it's those little things that add up to make us experience the, the colour of our life the way we do. It was really profound. That is profound. For me as a, as a carer, to hear that, I think ah, every little moment I get to share with a patient and build them up and do something that they may not recall, it still has value. It matters. You know, those things that point us and just take us even one step farther along on the path of our day and ultimately our lives. That's what sets the tone. Mm. So I did make fun of you for watching it on YouTube. <laughs> but in all fairness, <laughs> it was a commencement speech. Yeah. So <laughs> it was actually, so it wasn't I like a recreation <laughs> no. with so P. Diddy and his crew. Was, no, so that probably was the <laughs> right format for it. Um, but it was this Admiral William H. McRaven, maybe? Sure. Uh, and I think it was in Texas. And the story behind Sure was, because he finished going right. and saying, go the horns. There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that meant because of the longhorns. Yeah. Yeah. So he was this old Navy SEAL. I mean, you would know this better than I would because I only know it from, from the way that it read in the story. But You wouldn't want to mess with him. It, no, I, you could kind of <laughs> tell that actually yep. from the... Yeah. I like the way he referred to himself as humor this old sailor. Yes. And I thought, wow. Uh, but he's talking about how, if for me, the take-home, in addition to it being the little things, he really honed the message. And he was talking about, if you want to change the world, you, you start by making your bed. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's so good. If only I could get my kids to change, <laughs> to the, change world. the world. <laughs> yeah. But just that concept of taking pride in the simple and the mundane, that those things matter and then he went on to say you know that you've then accomplished the first task of your day and you've done it well and you've should have a sense of pride about it there was something simple and yet very profound for me in that message and you know after I listened to him share that message every morning when I get I fold my pajamas I never realized I fold my pajamas <laughs> and this morning I'm folding my pajamas and I said to Yvonne why do I do this <laughs> Here I am taking care to make them nice and neat and sliding them <laughs> under my pillow and then nobody sees it all day and then I just yank it out and put it on without thinking. But yeah, I, I guess I fold my pyjamas. There you go. I've achieved something today, Erica, even you if the rest of the day it. is a failure. Did you make your bed? No. No, because Yvonne was still oh. in it. Because <laughs> yeah, my, be my family doesn't want to get up and walk at 6am <laughs> after two of them are already in the pool. <laughs> Crikey, no. And similarly, there's this wonderful story that I read about Mother Teresa who received a Nobel Peace Prize. She receives the prize, <clears throat> does her, I don't know what you do when you receive a Nobel Peace Prize. Nor she do does I. that thing. Yeah. And then there's a, a number of reporters around there and she then opens up for questions. And one of the reporters says, Mother Teresa, you've won a Nobel Peace Prize. Can you tell us what can we do to make 
world peace a reality? And she said, go home and love your family. I, I love the way that she's able to capture the magnitude of, of changing the world and bring it down to something so small. You know, we talk about making the bed, loving your family, these little things that we do that actually make a profound difference. And like you said, they change the world. So if, if people start reading about the little things that can change the world, everyone's got a different opinion about what the right little things are. Um, what's one of your little things that you found makes a real difference? You know, it's funny. So you had posed that question or when we touched upon that question earlier. I feel like that should be a simple question to answer. I had to think about it. Mm-hmm. I guess partly because it, my go-to, which is, oh, it's, it's the little kindnesses that feels perfunctory, feels like a throwaway answer. But it's anything but. Yeah. The little kindnesses, that, that's the stuff... That's the stuff that binds the stars together, isn't it? Yes. That's, that's elemental. And one of the other take-homes from that, to refer back to that commencement speech, was if you can't do the little things right, you're never going to do the big things right. And I thought, oh, that's it. Right? There's that saying that how you treat the one is how you treat the many. Mm. And that always seemed so profound to me. Because I think people, society, glosses over that. You know, we excuse bad behavior either in a moment or I'm tired or... But those things matter. And perhaps it's because the little things really dig down and belie the the underlying attitude that lives Mm. inside of us. And if we're willing to be that way with one when the the filter is down, then that's our our undergirding value. But if we take the time to really bless the one, then that means that that's our intention and then that's how we're going to live out the big stuff. Do you know, speaking of the little kindnesses, there was this moment so in my role I'm often asked by staff members to be their support person when things hit the fan and it goes very wrong and they need to sit down with some scary people and have some hard truths shared with them Sean can you hold my hand please (laughs) so I've been in many of these meetings Erica and I remember one of these meetings and a nurse had uh, who's no longer here this is years ago had failed in her nursing duty and I was expecting the worst out of this meeting and we went in sat down with the clinical leaders all the way up the chain, you know, together in the room with her. And the head clinical leader sat down and said, you didn't come to work that day hoping to have the outcome that you had. You didn't want to be the version of yourself that you were. I really want to know what can we do to help you be the nurse that you want to be so that you never have to be in a situation where you end up with that behaviour ever again. And it, it profoundly shifted the whole meeting, just this approach of, I want to build you up. I want to be kind to you. I want to nurture you. You know, you're part of our family. We don't fire our family. We build up and support our family. And I was totally overwhelmed by the concept that kindness could be a part of this really hardcore performance management process. And I thought, boy, that little thing totally transformed that entire interaction and process and the way that that nurse felt she could continue to work at Calvary. Right. It wasn't a, a dark stain on her record but it was a moment of learning and support. Mm. Ultimately comes back to the question of what can I do to support you? It's the little kindnesses. Mm, absolutely. Okay, so for you. Yeah. To turn the question around. Not what are the little things. What are your little things? My little things, I also started with kindness. And then I didn't write it down and I hadn't thought about this, but when you just asked me, I think the thing for me is authenticity. It isn't a big thing, but to, to be authentic is profoundly life-giving and if I get to be authentic in an interaction 
it means that whatever I produce is going to be my best work because I'm not filtering it through a, a number of layers. And if other people are authentic with me, I, I feel like I can... You know, we've spoken about connection and how much I value the human connection. And authenticity just feeds into that. So whatever I can do to be authentic, and often it can be a little bit embarrassing, and often it can be a little bit vulnerability-inducing, but mm. for me, if, if I always aim to be authentic, that can yeah, really make a difference. It also reflects on the safety of the space, doesn't it? Because in order to feel safe being authentic, you have to trust the relationship, the person. Mm. But here's the thing about little things is I have to be committed to that and I have to be authentic wherever I am, even when it's not safe and even when it's really scary. I still have to choose. If, if that's a little thing that I want to hold dear to my heart, I need to choose to be authentic, even when that's going to have consequences. And it would be much easier to, to blithely lie my way through something, mm. N- not necessarily with untruths, <laughs> but, but with inauthenticity. Something that I had written down was, for me, small disciplines make a big difference. So if I can be disciplined in small ways, that adds up to me being a lot more of a productive, helpful person. And one of the little examples for me is finances. Everyone has a finite amount of resources financially and um, some more finite than others. And we do this thing in our family. We have the Conry Olympics where every four years there's the 29th of February. And it occurred to me that blow it. You know, this is once every four years. No matter what is going on in life, on the 29th of February, the Conry family does not engage with the world. <laughs> we, we pull up stumps and we say, we are sick, we are on holidays, we are not playing ball at work or university or school or anything and we have the Conry Olympics and everyone gets to, to choose an event and we go and have a, a family day of fun. And what I really didn't want was to go, oh, we can't afford that, you know, can you think of something else um, to do as, a, as an event? So every time I get pay, I take a few dollars and I put them into account. You have four years to save up for this, Erica, <laughs> so that's a long time. But if we're disciplined with that little thing, then when that rolls around, we've got a kitty of lots of money that enables (laughs) us to have a day that really exists outside of our normal family routine where we can be decadent and and ridiculous in ways that we wouldn't be able to. And it's just the small discipline of continuing to do the little thing that you know is going to be for a good in the future or a good for someone else. And if we continue to do that little discipline right, things work out, things go well. It's beautiful. I love the story. I love the notion of the Conry Olympics. Like I, that just makes me smile. <laughs> and it, it is the bomb. It, it feeds into another one of mine. You know, one of the things that I was thinking of mm-hmm. because I was thinking of priorities matter. Mm. So in that sense, you know, your family, this notion of the universe has gifted us a day. What, mm. sh- what shall we do with this gift? Priorities matter. And I know this is probably a corollary to you know the little kindnesses and also to the way that you treat the one is the way you treat the many Mm. it's the notion of in all of those instances doing the right thing you know making that choice to just do the right thing what if no one's looking erica (laughs) especially then yeah true you always have to go home with yourself at the end of the day (sighs) wish i could sleep with someone else in the bed (laughs) instead of me it's so much easier I could get away with so much more, right? I've got another one. Shoot. Which follows on that. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with people you love and who are going to love you in return. So those people that you are in bed with at the end of the day, as your lovely wife is probably out of bed (laughs) at this point, um, but it's surrounding yourself with 
people who really love you, mm. not love the version of you that you've painted or people who truly love you. Those are my little things. That's it. I think we've covered my list. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> That's it. That's my life uh, in the I'm podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think the beauty of the little things is that they are not in isolation, but the little things frame the way that we see everything, particularly when we're going through challenging times like facing the pandemic. It's those little things which really anchor us to be able to continue to here you go back to authenticity, but for us to be able to be authentic and to be who we are, no matter what we face, and no matter how much racing on there is going inside of our minds, no matter how much turbulence there is inside of our hearts, if it's those little things that we can hold on to, they tend to reframe the bigger things. I had a profound conversation with one of our pastoral care staff, the wonderful Madhu, who is so much wiser than me, and she was saying, Sean, going through the pandemic has really made me more connected. And I said, connected in what way? And she said, I've really had to dig deep to find within me the compassion for myself and compassion for others as things have been so challenging and patients have been so distressed and, and there's a number of distressed people in her life. So in order to care for them, she said, I've really had to dig deep, find resources within myself, be kind to myself and find that relation. And I said, ha, huh. all the way through this, you know, I just feel more fragile and I feel more broken as a result of all the challenges. And she said, Sean, I think we actually have experienced the same thing, but I've seen that as a blessing. Mm. Boy, when people stop you in their tracks like that. So that's really challenged me to reframe this all. And when I feel that brokenness inside of me and when I feel that pain and, and the way emotions tend to build a little bit, quicker or more intensely than they would have four months ago I stop and I say wow I really am more profoundly connected to what's going on for that person or to what's going on inside me and I need to find that kindness and that love for myself and for the other so treating it as an opportunity instead of feeling overwhelmed or broken by it yeah or acknowledging the build-up of that emotion and the build-up of that feeling of being fractured and then saying what do I do with this how do I pour love and acceptance and authenticity over this because it's it's where I am at the moment and I can't change it. I just need to live with that. So that beautiful little gift that she gave me has completely shifted the way that, that I've approached things. So the challenge is let's hold on to those little things. Let them colour the big things. Thank you for sharing your little things, Erica. Thank you.